0: Hey guys, don't skip ahead today. I've got a surprise for you in about two minutes, Uh, and and we're gonna try something new. Anyway, today's podcast is an absolutely fantastic podcast that I'm I'm probably the most proud of because uh, it's the coolest thing about this podcasting um, genre. I mentioned on Rogan's podcast the other day uh, that one of my favorite scenes I've ever seen on television was Stew Stone and Jamie Kennedy uh, when they dressed as black men and rapped in Long Beach. And the next day, Stu Stone contacted me and said, I heard you talking about us on Rogan. That's so cool. Uh, Love to get together. And I said, I'd love to have you on my podcast. And then literally two days later, he's on my podcast. And he has the footage. He's going to send me the footage. I haven't seen it since that day. But we talk about it, and we talk about that, and we talk about so much more. I don't think I had any clue how seamless and fascinating and engaging this conversation was going to be. I mean, I knew I was going to enjoy it, but I didn't realize like, what an, an interesting journey he's had in this business. Um, and that's what we talk about. This is a fantastic podcast. Uh, and so I want you to sit back and enjoy the podcast with Stu Stone Um, and, and, and the interesting stories, I think we're going to try to do another one. We might try to get Jamie Kennedy in here and have like a drinking or I think they smoke more, but podcast, but, uh, man, this is what I love about podcasting is you say something on a podcast and then people that are cool get it and then they reach out to Stu and they're like, hey man, and he's good friends with Colt Cabana and Colt hit me up and was like, hey, he stays at my house when he's here and it's just a really fucking great podcast. I hope you love it as much as I loved having the conversation with Stone, with Stu Stone. Um, uh, As always, my Showtime special will be airing for the next 90 days on Showtime. Uh, So just tune into Showtime any time you can. And if you don't have Showtime, it'll also be on their on demand, on their app. So on demand, on their app, you can watch it anytime if you have Showtime. And if you don't have Showtime, you can also watch it. It's very simple. I posted it on all my social media outlets, and I will tell you right now, you go to uh, the App Store, you download the Showtime app, you then click the seven-day free trial, uh, enter an email and a, uh, a password, and you instantly get Showtime for free for the next seven days. Uh, I watch my special that way. You can watch Brad Williams on there. Uh... There's a bunch of really good comedy specials on there. A bunch of really good ones. And uh and Showtime's a pretty fucking awesome channel, so you can watch a bunch of stuff. And if you like it so much that you get as hooked into Ray Donovan and Shameless as I have, then and Florida State uh Florida State Football, then you end up getting Showtime. And that's how it works. That's why they do it. So uh check it out. But without further ado, and before my surprise is coming in two seconds. Tampa, Tampa, Tampa. Prepare to get on. December first through third of the Tampa Improv. See comedian Bert Kreischer, fresh off his Showtime special The Machine. You might recognize him from Travel Channel, The Mike Calvin Show, or Jesuit High School.
1: Yeah. Indiana. That's Indiana. Oh shit. That's Indiana.
0: I'm coming through Morty's. I'm my state.
1: That's Indiana.
0: December eighth through tenth. That's right. Indianapolis.
1: That's Indiana. Huh?
0: That's Indiana. I'll be doing Bob and Tom where? In oh, In Indiana. Indiana. Indianapolis, that's right. That's I'll see Indiana. you in Indiana. Indiana. In,
1: in Indiana. Indiana on my
0: back. What? Put uh, on like yeah, a there it is. Oh, um, guy, at 40s. A what? There is one here? Dude, ass yeah. Ass okay. Run. Lost the beat. Now she got she's got a Hit bad back. She's a bad back. You don't if you you, rock you, rock Okay. Nine. Your hands up, That's right. I'm just, I'm going to be at, okay, I got to stop this. I'm at Morty's, December 8th through 10th. Come see me at Morty's Comedy Joint in Indiana. Oh, shit. That's right. For Lauderdale. I'll be rolling through your hood, December 15th through 17th two weeks before Christmas, son, or right after Hanukkah, I think, near Kwanzaa, so go by the Improv and get your tickets, and hopefully this isn't cultural appropriation, I guess it couldn't be, because this guy's white, but whatever, I don't know what my voice is, anyway, Improv, yo, VIP, yeah, let's kick it, let's kick it in, Fort Lauderdale, at the Improv. There's the slimmest of chances that Vanilla Ice will be there? All right, stop. Oh, don't miss it, Oxnard. <laughs> this event only happens twice a year. That's right. New Year's Eve, man. <laughs> I'm going to be there all week. Oh, keep, keep dig it? The 29th, the 31st, and the 1st. I mean, it's an all-nighter, man. So pack your duties? Don't taste the purple acid. And bring your chick, man. If she's cool, if she's a square, leave her at home. Oh, Year's Eve, man. 2017, ringing in with the machine. Oxnard, levity live, baby. Oh, this is going to be a trip of year. I'm wearing tighter jeans all year, man. That's all I weight. weight. Oh, God. All right. I'll see you there. Levity Live, man! Levity Live! Oxnard! it. Oh, shit, man! Oh, God, this is going south. Oh, I don't feel so good anymore. Oh, man. I'm gonna try masturbating and turning this buzz around. Hey, Boston! raconteur Bert Kreischer will be performing at the Wilbur Theatre January 21st. So grab your favorite gal, Swill a little bit of bathtub gin And make your way to the Wilbur Theatre January 21st It'll be a gay old time So gay, we'll all probably end up in short shorts (laughs) So we'll see you then, Boston January 21st at the Wilbur Theatre Ladies and gentlemen, Stew Stone The talking to it. Hello, hello. Check, check, check. One, two. Perfect, perfect. Are you flying out tonight?
1: Uh no, my flight's at five.
0: So. Where are you flying from? Burbank. Burbank yeah, so oh, no it's problem. not bad at all. Yeah. Um, I won't have you here long. I, I, I'm. I'm here, man. Dude, I'm so glad you're doing this. I can't tell you. This is like, you know, man. This is the thing that, like, when you're young in this business and you think to yourself, "Let me turn this fucking TV off." When you think, "I would love it if I could get into a position where I could." mentioned something I like, and then the person that made the shit I like reached out to me and was like, dude, I'm glad you like the, f- the shit I made. Let's hang out, and let's talk
1: about it. I couldn't believe it, to be honest with you. Are you because, serious? Well, I mean, it's such an unknown thing that you love. Like, it's such a small group of people that even know about that. Dude. So when someone someone se- uh, someone sent me a link to the rogan podcast and was like dude dude go to 155 and just hit play and so i'm like what is this and they're like just trust me just you're gonna love it go so i hit play and at first you guys are like talking about jamie and i'm like this will be funny this is probably yeah. why someone's sending it to me yeah people are talking about jamie you know i get people send me stuff all the time like oh listen to what they're saying about jamie and then you guys start talking about that crazy episode and oh. i just heard the way you were the way that you are infectiously laughing Made me laugh and made me smile. And I was like, this guy would really appreciate, you
0: know. It's one of the – it's one of uh, – so for for those of you that aren't in the know, I can't imagine there's anyone that's on my podcast that didn't hear me on Rogan last week. But I told a story about uh, – I don't know how we got into it. I think we started talking about Jamie Kennedy and uh, – and I all I remember. I mean, Jamie is this, one of the sweeter guys. I don't know if you guys are still friends yeah, or not. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Jamie's one of the sweetest guys in this business. Yeah, he's cool. The only misstep he's ever made is dating Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> that woman's out of her fucking mind. Like legit out of her mind. Like I I uh I just I just remember watching her uh, True Life on MTV. By the way, I was a massive MTV junkie, like well into my thirties, and just the, her energy. I was like, I was like. She's so beautiful, but her energy is that of, like, an actress or a host. Or, like, of like the you know the energy that we've all seen in this yeah. city. And I think he was in love with her, hardcore.
1: I don't know. That was a period of time where, like, I didn't see a lot of him. Yeah. He, you know, once, he ended up doing the ghost whisperer yeah, he with was, her? Well, he was doing that first. That's how I think they met. Oh, okay. But, uh, you know, he was dating her for a while, and then now, you know, he's not dating her anymore.
0: But I definitely, like, like, Jane... Okay, so Jamie was in Scream, then he was in uh then he was in um a couple other things and then he was in my buddy wrote a movie called Malibu's Most Wanted. Who's your buddy? Nick Swartz. Oh, that's my buddy too. Yeah, and yeah, he's the and man. I love Nick. Yeah. And at first you go, I probably won't like this movie and then I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico and I saw the movie and I could not stop fucking laughing at it. And at I was Malibu's like, Most it.
1: Wanted. It was I think so it's great. genius, and I think that uh, you know uh, I love Tay Diggs and uh, Anthony Anderson in that movie. Also, are hilarious. Oh,
0: it's such a great movie! It really is an underrated movie. Yeah, like people kind of blew it off, and then right after that came blowing up. Yeah, and so i um, here, I am coming into Jamie Kennedy as a fan, and and I'm like, well, I'm going to watch anything, and I'm a huge MTV guy, and blowing up was you and Jamie trying to make it as rappers. Yeah, but there was this underlying. You know, my memory is shit, but there was this underlying of like, this isn't a joke. It was
1: real. they they're really they really want to be rappers. It was like a it well, it it was like truly probably one of the first hybrid shows like done. I think people didn't. That was like kind of the problem that we had was that people were watching it and was like, is this for real or is this not for real? Yeah, I couldn't. I remember going. I can't tell where the. Because Jamie was also big in pranks, right? So I couldn't tell where the camera turned well, that off. That was the whole. That was the whole catch to it. So we actually really did get a record deal, and the show really was us. Like when we would meet with people, like we wouldn't tell them anything. We would just go meet with them and try to pitch ourselves as rappers. And so when we would meet with like Russell Simmons or Wu Tang Clan or or whoever, yeah. like, they had they they there was no script that they were like following. Is, yeah. Including when Three Six Mafia. Uh, when we went and met up with 3 Six Mafia that beautiful day.
0: I'm going to tease to that okay. because that is, I'm telling you, it is
1: one of the hardest I've ever laughed in my entire life. I, I could give you like a 30 second Cliff Notes just to get you to that part.
0: Please. But um, I'm curious. I'm curious about you because Donnie Darko is one of my favorite movies ever. Oh, really? Uh, like, legit. Well, I'm, I'm obsessed with time travel obsessed with time travel so
1: you must think that there might be some time traveling actually going on now right 100 percent. i mean how does that happen i mean you got the cubs and trump i mean i don't need to tell you it's the hackiest thing to it's the hackiest opinion to have right now no everybody i'm obsessed has with donnie darko but uh, obsessed
0: with donnie darko yeah
1: it's a crazy movie man i got really uh it's like once i did that movie i was like i, I guess i don't need to like do movies anymore?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, what like was that? You you started acting when you were a kid, right? Yeah, yeah. And so you
1: you you were acting your whole life. Yeah. So I was a child actor. I grew up with like the, all the kid actors that were all like the adults together. But you're from but, Canada, right? From Toronto. I've been in L.A. since '95, but uh, you know I was like a kid actor. I was on like a bunch of cartoons, like the Magic School Bus, and a bunch of cool. Canadian stuff that was being shot there. Yeah. And I ended up getting a green card to come here when I was a kid. I moved to the Oakwoods by myself. Hold on. So, the Oakwoods, for anyone who doesn't know, can you describe it? Yeah, the Oakwoods is basically like the most transient, overpriced Motel 6 like where every kid actor or rapper lives when they come to LA and like, don't know where to go and what to do. It's like, that's where you go to get started on your LA journey. If you're, you know, that's Oakwood's. So I went there. I didn't know anybody. I was like, literally like 17 years old. And, uh, the Wu Tang was my neighbor, like <laughs> it was like literally like old Dirty Bastard would be like in the hot tub and uh I met like every kid actor ever was like living there at the okay. time we all became friends. So hold on.
0: So my buddy uh Eddie and I had a, had friends that lived in the in the in the uh in the oak woods. And I wanna say I'm not even fucking around. I wanna say we partied with some rappers one night for sure you did like and i was and it was like i remember they were like getting high in a hot tub <laughs> and being like i thought i th- I, i th- i remember in retrospect i only had two run-ins in life and i thought it was i thought it was a wu-tang clan it probably this, was this was 97 that's when i was there yeah it was a- <laughs> <laughs> and i remember being like there's no way i'm getting high with the wu-tang clan you were you and were my only other ra- run in in rap was uh, were the Hot Boys. That's I ran hilarious. into the Hot Boys. They were hot for a minute, dude. They were, I, I do well, Lil Wayne still. Yeah, of course, <laughs> but I, man, I always think I'm really. I have a a, a real uh, axe to grind with Baby and <laughs> and Birdman because I believe they fucked up Juvenile. Like Juvenile was one of my yeah, favorite he was, rappers. Uh, he was
1: supposed to be like the
0: best, dude. He first of all, he wasn't the best lyricist out of the group, but he, had he that just
1: delivery and that swag. His delivery and swag was so fucking on point that yeah. any he could make anything cool it just sounded different than anything you had ever heard before when you first heard like that you would everybody huh yeah you were like, uh-huh. what did he say yeah and you're like holy shit i love it uh, yeah and so uh <laughs> but
0: man i that there was a hot boys album i think it was called hot boys but i was fucking obsessed with that album at the time and i ran at the grafton i ran into uh lil wayne bg and juvie sitting outside and i was with a chick I ditched that chick so fucking quick. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, Juvie. I was like, Lil Wayne. Oh, God, it's PG. Like, shut the fuck up. I lost my mind, and I started rapping their raps back to them. They must have loved that. Oh, uh, they were – I don't know. if they, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really have much of a – all I know is that we hung out outside the graft, and we never went partying anywhere
1: else. That's usually how it works. Like, you go to a place, and then they go outside because, you know, back then – Yeah. That's, that's how it was.
0: Yeah. And so so you moved to the Oakwoods at 17. Were you, what were your
1: parents like – Were cool, or were they, like... Well, I mean, I was, like, at a point where I was, like, in Canada, we were... uh, Another friend of mine, this guy, Devin Sawa, who was, like, a very... He was, like, a huge actor. Still is acting, but uh, he was, like, the ultimate teen heartthrob actor in the 90s, like, on the cover of every magazine. And me and him did movies together in Canada, and so he was, like... He needed to move to California, like, it was obvious, like, he needed to go, and, uh... You know, I was starting to bubble. Like I was like, you can hit a peak, but once you get to a peak in Toronto, you got to make the move, right? So I was yeah. doing like a Disney Channel show called Flash Forward. It was like Ben Foster's first job, and uh, Ben
0: Foster, yeah, he's great cana- actor.
1: He's, he's not Canadian, Canadian but he was an American. Fucking amazing, the best ever. And I'm going to tell you right now, when I met him, I was in his first scene he ever did in his life, and I remember saying to him, like, dude, you're like young Sean Penn, like you're amazing. To, uh, and, so,
0: I, just because I know there's meatheads in the listening to this that don't know what we're talking about. So, Ben Foster was was in Alpha Dog. The
1: best. He was the best in Alpha he Dog. Was the,
0: he was the main reason you watched Alpha Dog. Yeah, of course. And then, more, I mean, I'm talking greatest movie character ever up there with Val Kilmer. He was in 310 to Yuma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he fucking
1: destroyed, destroyed.
0: it. He destroys it. He's oh, my man. God.
1: He really is. He's a real genius, though. Like, that's a real, like, he's, he's a legit a genius. Yeah. Like a very very bright, sharp guy. And even as a kid you could tell that he was going to be great. You really? Just tell. Uh he just was so different than any other kid I ever met. But anyway, we could well I'll have to come back another time No, to No, tell no, you no, 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 no.
0: I I don't know what time you have to get out of here. I'm here. I mean yeah, I'm, yeah, we're here for a while. Yeah. So but uh I so so then, I had to move. I had to go because it was like. And don't forget I, me to tell you, let me tell you my Devin Soa story.
1: I, well, we'll get, you'll tell me in a second here. Okay. So I needed to move from Toronto to LA because the job, I was starting to be in teen magazines and Devin was starting to blow up and I was his best friend. And then all of a sudden it was like Devin's buddy. So I was like, hmm. And, uh, and, and. He was really blowing up. I'm talking about he was on the cover of, like, literally every single teen magazine at that time. This is before the internet was the Devin one. Devin movie was... Uh... He, he was in uh, Idle Hands and Wild America, no, Little what's, Giants. What's the one? No, what's Casper the, one? the Ghost. No, what's the
0: one where he almost dies? Final and Destination. Final Destination. Yeah. That was a fucking massive Yeah. One.
1: So I got a job on this cartoon called The Tick. And uh, I was playing a character called Brainchild. It was, like, the bad guy. Like, this kid with a glass brain. So that's how I got my first visa to come to... California. So I came to California. The first time I came, I didn't know anything and I would get parts on married with children and I couldn't do the job. I didn't have I didn't ha- I didn't know anything about immigration laws or anything. I just came here thinking, "Oh, I'll just come go to LA and I'll just work." Yeah. And I was like living on a couch. The girl that was in Mrs. Doubtfire, her name's Lisa Jacob, she played yeah. the daughter. She was from Toronto and she lived right around the corner from here right now. and and I rented her couch. For 125 a week, this is. Shut she was cleaning God. up. I was, it was a couch, 125 a week. And uh, then from there, I went to the Oakwoods. But I didn't know anything about visas, and you had to get a visa. So up, anyway, Donnie Darko is what got me my green card. Uh, I got the visa on the tick and then the green card on Donnie Darko, and now I'm an American citizen just in time to – For this election But uh, (laughs) So we we, But Devin moved from Canada So I got to Oakwoods Yeah I'm there for a week The first guy I meet Is this guy Phil Glasser He played Fivel In the American Tale movies And he's now a big producer but uh, Phil and I became real good friends, and I all these girls, and it was just Jessica Biel's runner. It was like literally Jessica Alba, like everybody, but younger, all hanging out at the Oakwoods. Oh so I'm God. call I called Devin. And I'm like, dude, you gotta move to L. A. Like I got a place, come. Yeah. And so he convinced his parents to let him go, and he moved down. You and we were seventeen years we old. We were like, he was seventeen, I was eighteen. I, we we had a studio at the Oakwoods, a studio apartment, Holy and uh, we got kicked out in like two months really <laughs> we, yeah like we just like partied our faces off it was insane i mean you know what real partying is so we probably didn't do anything even close to as legendary <laughs> as what you were doing but to us it was incredible um and that's really like how we plant i got lucky because i planted my seeds in a really good place so if anyone's thinking i don't know if it's the same anymore but back then you could literally go to the oak woods and like you know smile the right way and all of a sudden you're like a made man and <laughs> holy <laughs> you shit know?
0: i mean that's a that is like that's like an Oscar-red
1: carpet full of talent. It was crazy. And plus, Devin and I, we had fake IDs so we could get beer. So everyone would come to our parties. So when we moved, so we got kicked out of the Oakwoods, and we were like, well, where are we going to go from there? So there was, do you remember a movie called First Kid with, like, Simbad? So yeah, like, of course. So the kid from that yeah. movie, his name's Brock. He was a friend of ours. First, we went to his house. Then we crashed at David Glasser's house, who's now the head of Weinstein Company. But we went and crashed on his couch. And then we finally ended up in Encino. And we didn't know anything about – we just thought, like, Encino, man, yeah, that's going to be a good place <laughs> for, like, 18- <18 laughs> and 19-year-old kids. So we moved to Encino. And, like, that kind of was, like, the start of our uh, our Hollywood adventure was really there. Like, people would come out to Encino. We, we, we were a draw in Encino. Because we, oh like, these kids couldn't get in anywhere, so they would. Everyone would come to our parties, and we would have like these huge parties, and it was like literally like a who's who of people who are adult, successful actors now. But they were all we were all kids together. It was insane. Now, did you
0: did, did you have a did you have a sense of like like I, all I remember is when I was young, there was like a period of time where I could do no wrong. Like I literally do stand up, and I get yeah. a deal, and I'd go into a room, and I'd get. I remember going into a room and they just said, we want you to do the show. I didn't even read. I just – they said, we want you to do the show. And I was like, okay. I remember being like so flippant about success that I was like, like, fuck. And then there was a point where I stopped getting – Fucking putting things and I started panicking, and i couldn't book a thing to save my life, right? did you
1: have that when you came here, justice like well, at first, it was like booking, 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 and then like devin just like took off like he just like literally like blasted off into orbit, uh and for me, it was different. I was like doing doing still a lot of cartoons, and that's how I met Jamie by the way. we did a cartoon show together, oh really, and then I started to, like I was, like, kind of rapping, too. I was, like, freestyling, and we were hanging out with Wu-Tang, and we weren't shy, so we would, like, rap with... They would have, like, a freestyle, and we would, like, rap with them, and I started calling myself Stu the Jew, and uh, people loved it, you know? I would yeah. go to all these, like, Warren G parties, and I'd be like, say, Stu the Jew, come rap, and, like, <laughs> I went out with Wyclef, and just... I wasn't shy, so I would, like, just join their freestyle battles, and I was a huge fan of rap music, so yeah. I knew... I knew it and uh, and I respected the hell out of them, but I also it was fun they they were having just as much fun as I was, so I met Jamie we ironically we did this cartoon show for ABC family that probably went two seasons. It was about two white rappers trying to make it really and uh that's how I met Jamie and he had just done scream and he was just starting Jamie Kennedy experiment, and he loved I would give him my I record songs and I would give them to him, and he would love them, and so he was like. I want to do a rap album. And uh, at first he was like, let's do a B-Rad album. Like, you know, let's come up with some songs. And, you know, there's like way more to this story that's so funny. But I'm Take just going to fast, time. I'm Take, just gonna I fast mean, forward.
0: No, no, because I find you got to understand, like, this is a parallel universe to the, where I was living. Like, I, I was I would run into Jamie via Nick, who was good friends with Jamie. And Jamie had like I was in a comedy club life. So, like, all my all my name drops would be just, like, Stand-ups. great comics. Right, right, right. And, but that but that, that's not impressive because they're so accessible. So, like, if you could go to any comedy club and hang out with Sarah Silverman, I'm not saying she's my friend or anything, but, like, Zach Galifianakis is, like, was someone just who was in the scene. Right. You'd see him all the time. You'd always yeah. get drunk with Zach. Yeah. There's, it wasn't impressive to anybody. Um, but this, I always wondered about, like, about the other side,
1: which is the the kids, the actors yeah. who are, like, who are all doing it when they're young. There was a whole scene. Literally, there was a whole scene. Like, there would be these, like... You know how they have, like, Vanity Fair parties or whatever? So there would be, like, the teen beat equivalent to that. Like, the Tiger Beat party or the pop star magazine party. And it's not... There's no alcohol at it, but it's, like, a party and, like, we would go. Really? I literally met Jessica Alba. She was, like, sitting... She was, like, sitting on a bench, just, like, beautiful, beautiful girl, just sitting on a bench. No one's talking to her. Like, this is before anything, you know? She's just yeah. this really beautiful girl. And I remember going up to her, and, and this was at, like, a water park. It was, like, a Teen Beat magazine water slide thing in, like, San Dimas, you know yeah. what I mean? So I remember going up to her and being, like, oh, my God, like, hey, what's up? And uh, and, and, uh, and she was very, very sweet. She ended, up booking, uh, she ended up booking Idle Hands, and Devin ended up working with her. Uh, which was so coincidental. Idle Hands, is that... That's, that's the not... one where his hand gets taken over. It's Seth Green's in it. Jessica oh, yeah, Alba's, yeah, yeah. 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 first movie, I think. Uh, oh, wow. it's really it's, it's a cool movie, but... Uh, you know, I just remember see, seeing everybody. Like, we were all kids together. Uh, you know, I doubt she remembers that interaction because, uh, you know...
0: Well, she, I mean, that's the one thing I, that sucks about this business is you always remember people that you were friends with that blow up. You always remember them... And sometimes you see them and they're like, what's up, guy? And you're like, fuck. Yeah. Like my, my one my one story was I worked with Jillian Barbary. I don't know if you even know who she is. Yeah, of is. course. She's I worked like, with good
1: her, day Good Day LA or something. Yeah, I worked with her for like
0: a year and a half on a TV show. A yeah. year and a half. I saw her at a Red Bull event. I was like, Jillian. And she was like, hi. So good to
1: see you. Who are you? Shut up. I was up. like. That's, that's weird, because if you worked with her for a year and a half... <laughs> I know, right? That's crazy. Yeah. I'm I had like... that happen with a... Uh, uh, you know the movie American Pie, obviously? Yeah, of the course. The Shermanator, the redhead kid? Oh, yeah. So I grew up with that kid. I saw him at, like, at a bar or whatever, and I'm like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, hey, Steve? I'm like, oh, my God, really? Really, Shermanator? Oh, that's so funny. Now, was Jason Biggs in this group? Jason Biggs was not in this group, but Jason Biggs was in Blowing Up. Yes. So Jason. He,
0: he was in the episode where. He,
1: he was in like. A, the, we had a whole arc with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was the man. That's so like So Jamie crazy. and I broke up in an episode, and Jamie and Biggs were enemies on the show. Like, Biggs was always taking Jamie's acting roles. Yeah. So when Jamie and I broke up in one of the episodes, like, I went to go join with Biggs, and me and Biggs started a rap group called Stone and Biggs. <laughs> and <laughs> it was so fun doing that show. You, have, Like, it was the best.
0: So, so, so you both. You, what, what's the big thing? Like, so Devin's big thing, I would, I would imagine, would be Final Destination. Yeah, right? that was huge. Yeah, when when he did that, then all of a sudden everyone, yeah. knew who Devin Soa was. Hundred percent. Um, and he was dating Topanga.
1: Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. I remember he's he's married now. He's got a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. He's really? I'm like the godfather to his son. Uh, we're real, we're we're real close friends. Uh, growing up with that guy was a trip, man. Really, it was like I watched that show Entourage, and I'm like, huh, like. I remember doing stuff like that <laughs> like really? that's how it was with devin because he was literally like vincent chase that's who he was Vincent chase he was as from he was so he was it was i i don't even have the words to describe it and he'd probably be pissed that I'm even talking about it but no no, no. but he was he was the man um you know he's now he's a father he's uh he's doing really well he's he's that's good and whats what's he working on now uh he was doing that show Nikita. Oh yeah. Uh and I think he's, you know, he's starting to direct now. He's doing some he's doing some stuff.
0: This business is so interesting. I, I remember when I got into it, a guy named Dimitri Martin said, "If you just keep hanging out, someone's put you in something." Right. And I was like, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, look around. I mean, they're all working. Everyone's like every, and it was right. Everyone that was at the clubs doing stand-up was all working." And I was like, "Shit,
1: so the goal is just to not get out of everyone's vision." Right. And I was like, "Oh, and then oh, but then you get to a point where you, like, stop going out at all. Like, <sighs> I don't, like, get off my couch ever, you know? I'm, oh, dude, I'm... I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> the store called me last night, and they are like, Hey,
0: what are your avails for this week? And I was like... Oh. Nah, not. <laughs> and I was like, I'm I'm moving into my house. I'm, I've been on the road really aggressively. It's my one week off. I'm really hoping to, like, move into the house. And they're like, Okay, that's fine. And, but, but I know the feeling, like, you're like, Oh,
1: shit. For the record, out. I just want to point out to your listeners, like, he's literally moving into his house, like... I walked over here and I was like what the hell's going on oh. here? There's like 17 workers, there's like a water slide being it's put up. It's the final
0: push. It's the final push. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fucking <laughs> ugh. So uh so 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 what so that was Devin's big thing. What was your first big thing where you were like where you were like and and did you have and you don't you don't have to own well, this energy, but did you have a competitiveness with the other kids in the place where you're like shit, Jessica booked
1: that or or uh not specifically because I kind of like I was, like, very well re- re- liked by everybody. You know, I was, like, a, a pretty funny guy, whatever, you know, had a cool parties. You know, people liked me. I was very content and confident with my role in the world. Yeah. Um, so I was, I'm, I've I'm. never – me and Devin were never competitive because he's, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, and I'm, like, uh, Doogie Hauser's buddy, Vinny Del DelPino. You know, <laughs> like, we're not going out for the same thing. Someone wants Devin, they I wants to. to. It's, it's – he's in his own lane. So we never really were competitive like that. Um, and same with, for, with most of those guys, but like, I kind of have had a long career that has been like sort of an under the radar, like longevity kind of thing where it's, I never it's, really it's had my career. That,
0: yeah. It's this, it's this people go like, if people are a fan, they know what you do. Right. But for the most part, people go, so are you, are you still doing the comedy thing? Right, and right, like, right. Fuck yeah, like, I'm actually hey,
1: Steve, like, pretty successful. Yeah. That's, that's the same thing. So it's like people who come up to me have to be a fan because they have to No, I'm not like the rock well i go out and like i'm the rock yeah you know it's like people come up to me they know who i am and that's cool so when i do get to meet people that are quote fans or supporters it's cool because they really are a fan if they come up to me but i've managed to like be in a lot of cool things and kind of like stand on the radar and continue just to like do what i want to do not to say that i wouldn't have liked to have gotten a couple of those big paychecks but um you know i i'm really it's been a crazy journey you know
0: it's it's uh yeah, so wait, so now let's, I want to get to what is my favorite moment in television ever. Yeah,
1: okay, I wanna... so let me just tell you this real quick. So okay. Jamie, the, back to the Jamie's thing. So I was, I had a girlfriend at the time. I was in, laying in bed with is her. Is this
0: before Donnie Darko?
1: This is after Donnie Darko. So tell by me, the way, way.
0: can you tell me a little bit about Donnie Darko? Sure, yeah, because yeah, Because I yeah. know that, I know that the fucking, I, I know that there's an epic story of you freestyling and fucking Sundance. That's how,
1: like, the studio's whole rap career kind of, like, got going.
0: <laughs> so, wait. So, tell me about Donnie Darko. <laughs>
1: okay. So, I get I go into this audition, like, straight out of Swingers. You know the scene where, like, Vince Vaughn's telling the yeah. story about his audition? Like, straight out of that movie. Like, I got sent to an audition on the Universal backlot. I get into the audition, and there's literally, like, 13-year-old kids and me all in the waiting room. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I call my agent. I'm like, hey, um, what... Is going on here? Like everyone here is twelve. Like I'm, why am I here? And they're like, ah, uh, just they saw your picture. They know who you are. Just go in. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I go, in, I go in and I read for this thing. I just have sides. I don't even know what really the project is. All I know is it's a Drew Barrymore produced movie at this point. Yeah. So I go and I know she's probably in it. So I'm excited. I'm like, oh, it's a Drew Barrymore movie. So I go and I audition for the movie. Never even think about it again. Nothing. I guess initially they were planning on having Donnie Darko be like a 13-year-old or a 14-year-old. So Jake Gyllenhaal then gets cast and the age goes up. And all of a sudden I get the call like, hey, you booked it. And I was like, what? And it turned out to be Donnie Darko. And it was like this really embarrassing audition that I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? And it turned into Donnie Darko. So I got to go – it was a really strange thing, man, that it was a first time director, Richard Kelly, he had just gotten graduated from u s c which is a great film school and uh he uh this was his script, his brainchild, very strange obviously very weird really uh, hard
0: did you read the whole script
1: yeah i in? i don't i don't i I really find it hard to imagine that many people understood what exactly was going on in the script, yeah but what I do remember is that. And the thing that I think makes the movie so amazing – by the way, 15th anniversary of the movie was like last week or something, which is insane. But uh, he had all these veteran actors that kind of like did whatever they wanted as far as uh, taking liberties with dialogue and improv and scripts. I mean he had Patrick Swayze who is – I have crazy stories about him. But you have – Wait, tell me one. Well, he used to – it was like me and Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen was in that movie. That was, like, probably Seth his Brogan first stuff. Seth was up.
0: in fucking Donnie Darko? Yeah, he
1: was in Donnie Darko. So, Jake was, like, a really intelligent guy, kind of, like, similar to Ben Foster. They're very, like, particular kind of guys. And I think Jake was even dating, like, Chelsea Clinton at the time. So, he was, like, on another realm. Really? Um, but he would hang out with um, some of the kids. And in between, you know, we would be friendly and friends. But I would hang out with Seth because Seth was, like, the Canadian Jew. Um, me and him. Yeah. you know. So, we would hang out. And, uh... I, I this is a like I've been wanting to see Seth to like could get this story confirmed, but Seth and I we used to smoke weed on the set. That's what we would do, like in between takes. Yeah. And Patrick Swayze like came up to us and he's like, "Hey guys, come with me." And so me and Seth went into his trailer and like he pulled out like this medical marijuana that like I had never seen before. Like this was like you know that long ago. Yeah, fifteen he years had, ago. Yeah, he had like a canister and a whole thing, and he it smelled like insane, and he just we just from that day on it was like me Seth and Swayze would like smoke pot and he would just tell us <laughs> <it was> ins- <laughs> he would tell us stories oh my god he, and, and and if you ever do see Seth because i would i'm dying to see the guy i haven't oh. run into him in forever but i would like, he can vouch for this that that it happened but we were literally sitting there and i remember like it would happened a couple times in a row where we would go there he would roll up joints me and, He would invite me and Seth in And we would go in his trailer And it was just the three of us And he started Like we built up This kind of trust with him And then he One day He, he kind of got like Dark with us And he was like Telling us like Some crazy stuff That like I don't wish to share Out wait, loud. wait 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 What was like How dark Like what kind of It was of dark? really dark Like dark like Like really dark Like, like, like give s- me a hint Like stuff about his childhood And Oh shit Stuff that was like Not cool like, Stuff that happened to him that was yeah, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's just—he shit- was opening up. He was, opening up, to, he was up, opening up to us, and um, I remember looking across like to Seth, like, "What <laughs> the fuck? What do we do?" <laughs> like, we were kids, you know. Here's this... You and Seth Rogen are just too fucking. <laughs> yeah. You're like, "Hey, man, I just wanted to see him <laughs> <Yeah>. dance." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and he was—it got really weird. And we, uh, I remember, like, we had this exchange that we were like looking at each other, literally, like, uh And, like, thank God, someone was like, okay, we need you on set. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) but like, that was – (laughs) that's. it it was one of the most surreal experiences of my entire life. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that that shoot, like, when we were – when you see – us at the bus stop, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, all of it's... I, I don't think I read one line that was actually in the script. Like, I improv the whole thing. Like Really? Like, I, I'm not, I don't know how familiar you are with the movie, but I'll Fairly. give you some lines that, yeah. like, maybe you'll remember. But when I'm like, somebody ought to write that pitch. Like, they were watching, like, the old lady go to the thing. Like, that's yeah. just an improv, like... Uh, smoking a cigarette like it's a joint at the bus stop, saying like, "Oh, this is good shit." Like that's not in the script. Me dressing as Hulk Hogan for Halloween, yeah. like that was me. That like was like, it's 1988. I'm I'm Hulk Hogan, yeah. and I like got the mustache and everything. So. It wasn't just me doing that. That's my point. Everybody was doing that. Really? So I think he got the benefit of, like, all these people that really just, like, got – we were all off the leash, so to speak. And even me at that age. I'm, like, 20 years old or something. But I'm already a veteran of, like, you know 12 years on sets. So it was, like, Good everybody God. was like that. That mom. That mom That's Oh, yeah. She's, I, she's amazing.
0: I commit – I question your commitment to Sparkle Motion. Oh, yeah. She's – Beth Grant is her name.
1: She's Beth fantastic. Grant. Dude,
0: I – I still I have, say that line to people. <laughs> I have said that my entire when I heard that I'm not going to tell you where I was. I was on a couch in Greenwich Village and I was watching it on a laptop and it was pitch black and when she said I I question your commitment to Sparkle, sparkle motion, motion I fucking wrote it down. Yeah. And I was I I've, I've named all my fantasy football league spar, sp- teams Sparkle Motion. That's amazing. Sparkle Motion is one of my
1: I've I've said that more than anything. That's I I literally <laughs> use that too. not it's not my fantasy football yeah. name, but I respect that. That movie that, I must The original cut of that movie, the sparkle motion routine, was originally uh West End Girls by the Pet Shop Boys. Really? Not Notorious by Duran Duran, which is in it now. Yeah. But uh, that's just a little trivia for you. No,
0: no, I I uh, <laughs> Donnie I've seen Donnie Darko probably oh, uh,
1: I'll ballpark it at it like forty times. It's like the perfect it's the perfect um metaphor for, like, my my entire career. Like, we put... We did that movie. It felt like it was going to be good. It came out. It was a disaster. It, like... Was bought, it really? It, oh, yeah. Like I mean, made, the, the marketing for it was fantastic. It, well, it came it. out in theaters and it made, like, $150,000 or something. It, like, died. But and it, a 9-11 the, had just happened oh, also, and it was, like, yes. an airplane falling onto a house was part of the movie, so we oh. kind of got, like... It, wasn't a, it was kind of a disaster. And then, like, in DVD is when it blew up. Like, college kids started finding it, and then DVD blew up. And then it got re-released in theaters, and which is crazy, and it became, like, this cult thing. And that's sort of the same thing that's, like, kind of been with all these type of projects, even the bl- Blown Up, which we'll get to eventually. But it's, like, something that at the time maybe wasn't appreciated at, as much when it first came out, but now it's being rediscovered. Be- and people are like holy shit this is well, like- the
0: music in Donnie Darko. It's the I best. have the I have the I I not only have the uh the I mean I'm I'm fucking getting chills thinking of that mad world. it's a yeah. mad world. Um I have like the I I have the the score of the movie and I have the fucking album like yeah. the
1: soundtrack. It's a really incredible movie and it's stacked with veteran Actors, and it's probably one of the first like indie features that had like that kind of a depth in the yeah. casting. Like even Noah Wiley was there; he was on ER at the time, and it was a big get to have him in it. And you know, Drew Barrymore played the teacher, and the father was the legendary actor, and and the mo- the psychiatrist was the woman from. Um, the graduate with Dustin Hoffman, you know everybody was brought something to the table. That's really and, fucking fascinating. Uh, so, so the movie at Sundance, it premi- It had its premiere. So
0: okay, so you're 20 years old. Yeah. <clears throat> this movie that you thought you were auditioning as a 13 year old. Yeah. Uh, you get the part. Yes. You Shoot it. You have bizarre interactions with Patrick Swayze. Big time. You go back to the Oakwood. You're sitting with the Wu Tang. Like, uh, can't believe you're never gonna believe who I was partying with. Right. And they're and like,
1: then- and they're like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Roadhouse. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and so then you get a call saying, "Hey, it's going to premiere at Sundance. Do you want to come out?"
1: Yeah. So I heard it's going to be at Sundance, and I'm like, "Fuck, I'm going to go." My friend Josh was like a good, a good friend of mine named Josh. What goes to Sundance every year? I was like, "Hey, man, I'm coming this year." So I went with Josh to Sundance, and we went to see Donnie Darko. And upon seeing the movie, the f- I'd seen the movie already, and it was like I didn't really. I was like, "Huh." Like, it, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it like, ends, and and this is, like, the original cut. Oh. The original, original cut. Oh, that's I, so great because – I was like,
0: what? Because, yes, that is kind of how everyone saw Donnie Darko. Right. And like, you, even you being in it, there's uh, no, like,
1: bullshit, like – No. I, we were all like, huh? Like, maybe a few people knew, but yeah. I certainly was like, huh? <laughs> I knew that it was good, but I was like, what? What? So we get to Sundance. I wasn't. I, I thought this could be the perfect movie for Sundance because Sundance loves that type of stuff. Yeah. So we get to Sundance, and the first public screening is of the movie, the movie starts. We're all in the theater. And halfway through the movie, the movie starts playing backwards. Like the reels, the projectors, like, fucked up. And the movie starts playing backwards. And at first, for the first minute... People are like, oh, this must be part of the movie because it's so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. And now the guy's like, and everyone thought it was, like, part of the movie. Then all of a sudden it did one of those, like, and, like, ended. Like, the the movie just, like, stopped. Like, the reel broke on the movie. Halfway through the movie. So, obviously, that's not good. Yeah. For them to get somebody to come and fix the reel because it's the middle of Sundance, oh, it was, shit. like, an that's hour wait. Fucking crazy. So... They sent Richard Kelly up to do a Q and A, so he goes up to the front for a movie they haven't seen yet. People have only seen the first half. Yeah, and they're like, and no one knows what the hell's going on because it's so weird, right? So they're like, open it up to questions, and like no one really knows what to ask because it's like the most bizarre Q and A you've ever seen because yeah. it's like literally Donnie Darko.
0: It's it's there's there's 20 no way, there's in no way I to s- watch twenty minutes of Donnie Mark Darko and, and, and have any idea what's going on, r-
1: right? And that's pretty much what was going on. So he was up there, and it was it was literally bizarre. And uh, one of my friends was with me, and he was like, "Hey, Stu, just go up there, just go up there." So I I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm fine. I'll go up there." So I go up there, and I get to the side, and like Richard Kelly's I remember there. Richard and Sean McKittrick looking over at me like, "Oh, like, come on, get, yeah, get anyone, up, like, yeah, somebody, get up here." So. Uh, They gave me the mic, and I just, like, started kind of doing, like, some riffy stand-up type crowd work at first. I'm like, hey, where are you from? Anyone had a bar mitzvah? Like, you know, just crowd work. And then all of a sudden, somehow it got into, like, this guy said he could beatbox. So, I brought a guy up to the front. Literally, it turned into a Stew Stone variety show for an hour. <laughs> Are was, you serious? I, I'm not even kidding. I did like an hour. Shut up. So, this guy was beatboxing. He was really good. So, I brought him to the front and he was beatboxing. And I started doing my Wu Tang shtick that I would do at the Oakwoods. I started doing it in the audience. Yeah. So, I was like, Stew the Jew and da ba da ba do. Do you remember any of your freestyle? Not really. I mean, it was probably like not that great. But like for a <laughs> crowd in Salt Lake City, Utah, it was fantastic. On, on, on the fly. Right. So, I start rapping. And I'm, got, I'm like, clap your hands, everybody. Everybody's clapping. It was like totally working a bar mitzvah. Like,
0: Now, no. no he, just out of curiosity, do you ever make eyes at Jake Gyllenhaal and see if he's rolling his eyes or is he into no, it? No,
1: I, I don't remember. I don't remember seeing him. I just remember being like – He try- does. Now that you
0: say that, he seems like a real heavy guy.
1: I, I'm telling you, he – I don't know how he is now. I haven't seen him in a long time. Always very nice to me, obviously. Very, yeah. m- there's mutual respect that I we have. Um, But he was very, very – and I want to say, that, and again, like him and Ben Foster, very similar type type personalities, very into the craft and the art. Yeah, it's thing.
0: so funny. And, I always wondered, like, I love Ben Foster, and I was like, I bet we couldn't hang out for fucking ten minutes. Maybe you could. I bet he would be – I bet he'd just and have I his head – he's the
1: type of guy that's like a Daniel Day-Lewis kind of guy that's like – they're that they're in character. You yeah. Know? And I think Jake was very much like Donnie Darko. Like, it was very – I don't know how much of a stretch it was as far as, like, his acting goes because he that's kind of how he was. And I'm not sure if he was like that because he was, like, getting into the zone and into the character. Or if it was, like, that was what he thought kind of, was expected of yeah, him. Yeah, I don't know. But he was kind of like that. Like, yeah. even when we weren't rolling. He was funny, but he was, like, very high highbrow. You know, he's very into, like, probably very well-educated, went to, like, a really good school, like, knew a lot of stuff, listened to Radiohead.
0: Not the guy that's about to beatbox and freestyle right, for an right, hour. right, right.
1: So me and him are not exactly on the same – you know, I'm – doing different things than him. By the my, way, I'm spirit.
0: right on your fucking level. <laughs> okay. I would have been in the audience going, God damn it, I wish that was me. That's f- So you freestyle, Richard I Kelly.
1: I started freestyling, and I kind of saved the day because like nobody left. It was an hour. I kept everybody in, and the movie played. The guy came back, and everything was a success. A guy that was in the audience there that night was like, hey, man, that was really good. First of all, I got into every party that night. It yeah. was like <laughs> it was like was straight out of your playbook. It was insane. <laughs> like That was like a heroic night for me. Like. They, yeah. they, everyone was like patting me on the back. But um, this guy got my number and he called me the next Monday. He's like, hey, you were really good. Why, why don't you try doing that rapping for real? And I'm like, yeah, well. And so I was like, all right. So I went and met with the guy. I ended up recording some rap songs. And that's when I got that job and met Jamie. I started giving him my rap songs. Jamie was a, instantly was like – I remember he used to have this crazy Lexus, Jamie. And I thought it was so cool. And he would let me ride in it. And when he came to pick me up once – He came up and he was bumping my song like so loud like I could hear it from the top. And it was just – I got to ride in his Lexus and was listening to the song and it just sounded so awesome. And I thought like, well, maybe I'll make it as a rapper. So I started trying to pursue kind of like I started a band. I played up and down the strip. We were selling out shows. I started rapping, and I had a I put a band with me so that it would be like a little bit less intimidating for people to like come to a rap show. Yeah. And I had like all the kids from the Oakwoods would come to the show, and I had the benefit of that like social network of friends. I, I?
0: I wonder if I went and you saw probably, your. I want. Did you ever play at the? What's What's the one that's a black box with the with the like? If if okay. If so, if this is sunset. The Whiskey-A-Go-Go? Is it the whiskey a Gogo go go Whiskey-A-Go-Go.
1: Yeah, I played there for sure.
0: I almost... They we were
1: called I- the Stone Movement...
0: We I, were, I'm almost certain I saw you play there. It's probably... I'm almost certain I fucking saw you play there.
1: Like, we played there, all, all, like, almost weekly. Like, we were always playing. And it was really, really... And Jamie used to come to the shows, and I would do this bit during the show where I'd be like, Hey, anybody in the audience know how to rap? This guy, come up. And Jamie would come up. I'd pretend I don't know him. I'd be like, what's your name? And he'd be like, Jamie. And I'm like, can you rap? He's like, sort of. And then, here we'd do a bit. Uh, but he always loved the rap. So anyway, yeah. he's got, he ends up doing Malibu's Most Wanted. And so like, now at
0: this point Hold on Just go back to you
1: At this point are you Are you literally like Fuck auditioning I'm gonna see if I can Oh uh, yeah this. I, I was like burnt out on auditioning Like big time Because I was like a kid actor And like uh, going to auditions was like Sometimes not fun Like but I wanted to go all. outside And play with my friends And I had to like go to an audition So I was like kind of burnt out on auditions And, and, this,
0: and the rapping thing Not that it comes easy But it's, it's something you're very passionate about Well it was just something
1: that like I knew how to do And it wasn't like I'm one of those rappers that like literally – there's real rappers out there. I'm not one of them, okay? (laughs) Real rappers are people that wake up in the morning and they're thinking about rap and they're going to sleep thinking about rap and they're writing lyrics all day long and they're studying the greats. I was never that. I mean I studied the greats, that part, yes. Yeah. But I just knew how to do it. So – and I had huge respect for – uh, that was all my favorite music growing up. You know, I listened don't, to Wu-Tang don't have to and, tell me. and Farside I... and Gangstar and Mob Deep. That's what I listened to. Yeah. So I was just kind of doing what I thought, you know, I was just playing the part. Yeah. So I would do the raps. And so, but then I started really getting into music because I knew how to play some instruments and I could play, you know, I started making tracks. And How I, hard is it to make beats? Uh, I mean, it depends. For you, if you've never done it, it might be hard. Really? For me, I could go in and do something pretty quickly. Really? But uh you know nowadays it's a different world. Everybody's got laptops and studios at their house. It wasn't like that back then.
0: Back then you had to make beats. You had to
1: like go the you old fashioned way. You had to get a way. drum machine. Oh yeah. What I guess put it into a dat. Yeah, we I used to own many dats. <laughs> God. And you needed to record each part separately, but now you could do it all like literally for like 500 bucks you could like there's guys that have huge hit songs on the radio that like made it in their bed.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, that that in that chance the rapper. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's really good. But who's who's the guy that was just an internet star and became big? Was it
1: Chance the Rapper? Uh, probably. Yeah, there's like a series of them. So, so you start making your own beats. You so start... I start making. Start, so I start working. And then I start getting some pretty good producers starting to work with me. So that my buddy Young Lord, he was he was one of the producers on the song "Hypnotized" by Biggie. He was like a bad boy producer, and he was started messing with me. And he was. I did my first demo with him, and I recorded maybe six or seven songs with him, and uh I. Almost got a deal and then didn't get a deal. And then you know how it goes. Yeah. And uh at some point I was just like, Jamie was like, hey, man, I want to do an album. Like, why don't you put together an album for me? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. But we never really like followed through on it. So I started dating this girl who I shouldn't have been dating. And we were like, it was a terrible thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was the worst. But one day I'm laying in bed with her and Jamie calls me. And I answer the phone in bed with her, and she can kind of hear the phone, but I'm not thinking that. And he's like, hey, man, I just got back from Australia. I was filming Son of the Mask. I'm back. Let's hang, man. I'm like, yeah, let's hang. He's like, I got some girls with me. I'm like, cool. He's like, you can hang? You're not still dating that monster? And I'm like, "Nah." I still am, but I can come. It's cool. And she's like, What? She could hear me say that. Oh, and like, shut the fuck she ends up, up like getting this huge fight with me. We had this huge breakup over that phone call. Oh. And I ended up like leaving the house. And I called Jamie, and, and he's like, Okay, come here. So I end up crashing at his house. Cause like literally, I had to leave my house. It was devastating. She was like swinging golf clubs at me. Holy it was crazy. shit. So I end up at Jamie's house. Which is so crazy because, like, life is just funny, right? Because in the Blowing Up show, I'm, like, living at Jamie's house. Like, yeah. That's really what was going on at the time. So I was staying at Jamie's house, and you know, I'm looking for something to do. You know, a, a couple of days turns into a couple of weeks, turns into a couple of months, and he's like, yo, you got to do something. Yeah. Like, let's get – He so he, he was like, I'll get you studio time. You go in and start putting together – Songs and Jamie's making is this? the I mean, he was he was making good this money. Is at this is probably point. the height of his career. Well, I think for Son of the Mask, he he made a lot of money on Son of the Mask. I mean, people can say what they want about that movie. I never but saw it. You should probably keep it that way, but <laughs> uh, he made a he, he made a lot of money doing it. God <clears throat> yeah. bless him. You know, I'd do it, and uh, everybody would do it. Yeah, there's no question. Me? Who would not think that that's like a good career move, dude? Who can say no? This business, it's so hard to say no. Yeah, it's- especially like that. And he was coming off a series. But something that I learned from Jamie that I kind of already had in me but it is like he created his own opportunities better than anybody I'd ever seen. Really? Because when he first came out to L.A., he couldn't get a job to save his life. He, he invented this character that was an agent, and he would call people and be like, hey, this is Marty Powers calling. I got this client, Jamie Kennedy. You should see him. That's how he got his first auditions for Scream, for everything. Really? Like, he hustled himself. Jamie Kennedy experiment was, like, his thing. Does he come from money? Uh, no. He's, like, working class, you know. Uh, people think he does because he's a Kennedy. Yeah. But, no, he was flat broke when he moved to L.A. He's and He an made interesting it all on guy. his own. Self-made guy. But uh, it's interesting because he... He didn't really – he made it on his own, making his own opportunities, and, like, that's kind of, like, rubbed off on me. And when you said, like, oh, were you tired of going on auditions, at this point I was like, you know what? I'm only going to focus on my own opportunities because I only want to do my own stuff. Like, if someone calls me and is like, hey, Stu, you want to be in this movie? I'll do it. hundred percent. But I'm not going to, like, go jump through hoops and, like, do a casting couch to try to, like, land three lines in a, a Ryan Reynolds movie. Yeah. Uh, which, <laughs> uh, that was an accident, but that worked out. Uh, so he's like, Hey, uh, you, why don't you work on this record? So he got me a studio, which was located in the Valley in like, there was this Israeli cartoon show that in the back, it was like a porn warehouse that had a recording studio. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cheap. So it was like, <laughs> I could, I could like literally get in there for a week for the price it would take, cost me to go to one place for a day. Yeah. So I rented out that guy's studio. I went in there and I started like putting together some songs. And we were like, you know, they were fun songs. And Jamie would come in and he would lay down his part and we would kind of work it out. And at first there was like a couple lines that like he wasn't getting and my voice would kind of stay in a few spots. And then as we kept going, a little bit more of my voice kept being in and he was like, let's just do this together. And I was like, yeah, let's just we'll just do that. So we started recording songs and uh, we wanted to get we were taking it very seriously. So we we wanted to get uh, someone like a famous rapper to come and rap with us. So we like reached out to Nas, N- nobody wanted to do it. We reached out to this. We even met with Jay Z. Whoa, hold which the was fucking insane. phone. Yeah, Jamie and I met with Jay Z, and we didn't even. We were so chicken that we like barely talked about the record and just like talked about basketball with him for the whole time. Oh, shut up! <laughs> he was really nice though. He
0: yeah, was really, really cool. And this is when he was with
1: Dame Dash, yeah, and Rockefeller. Yes. So we went. We went and met with Jay Z, and we, we kind of mentioned it to him. In, but it was more of like in passing. We weren't so aggressive as as we wanted to be. Yeah. As we imagined in our heads, it would go. It didn't. Like instead, we were like. Talking. Now does
0: Jamie have people in his team
1: going, "Man, what are you doing?" Yes.
0: Oh. Hundred percent. Oh, that fucking
1: sucks. None of them wanted. And none of them wanted anything to him to have anything to do with this. Uh, but anyway, he loved it. So in, you know. It was he loved it. it was a passion so we went. We met with Jay Z. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So we're sitting, going through his phone, and literally we get. He's like, "Just find someone in my phone." And so I got like through A A A A. I got to B. Bob Saget is the first name, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, let's call Bob. And Jamie's like, Yeah, Bob would probably do it. So we call Bob, and we're like, Hey, Bob, we're doing this rap song. You want to come? He's like, Sure, fuck yeah, fuck fuck shit, it, fuck fuck fuck. Age. By the way,
0: so everyone knows, Bob <laughs> Saget had just gotten off Full House yeah. and was not. Who we know him to be? Correct. yet He was. He wasn't even on
1: Entourage yet. Nothing. Yeah. He was that guy
0: for us as comics. Yeah, yes. We knew Bob yes. Saget was not only fucking hilarious, but irreverent as fuck. Yes. The Olsons have AIDS. Yes. Like
1: he, he was Rodney Dangerfield's like student. Like yeah. Or, uh, you know, and he, he literally like he was Rodney's favorite. Right. That's what they say. Yeah. And uh, he had that same kind of sense of humor. Very blue, 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 blue. So we called Bob. Yeah, Bob, you want to come? Yeah. Fuck. 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 Shit. Shit. AIDS. So Bob comes to the studio. <laughs> Jamie doesn't even show up. So it's like me and Bob alone, and we're at this porn warehouse. I gotta the say, valley. by the
0: way, I gotta say by the, real quick. I did a college for Bob Saget. It was a fallout. Someone else was supposed to do the date, and they just called me the last minute. So I drove up. I did the date. Bob Saget cut me a check for fucking five
1: grand. God bless for, him for doing fifteen. By the minutes. way, one of the richest guys I've ever Bob met. Saget's Bob Saget's one of the coolest
0: fucking guys yeah. out
1: there. Yeah, you wouldn't know it, but he's like literally so rich. Yeah, I remember.
0: Yeah, so keep. I'm sorry. So,
1: uh, but so cool. Yeah. And so Bob comes to the studio, and it's me and him at this porn studio with this Israeli engineer. And Bob's like, what the fuck? What is this? Yeah. And I'm like, but, God, but Bob's so cool that he's just like, he's the th- like, if it was Jamie coming, if the roles were reversed and Jamie showed up, he'd be like, what the fuck is this? And he'd leave. Yeah. But Bob's so cool. Bob's like, what the fuck is this? I love it. Let's do it. Yeah. So Bob starts, you know, I give him the lines. He starts rapping, and we record this song, Rolling with Bob Saget. With my buddy Derek whose name is Decisive. He's a rapper in Canada that is a genius also and he helped he, – he made the beat. Yeah. So uh, Bob comes in, raps his part. I go back to Jamie. I'm like, Jamie, you got to hear this. Uh, Bob it. He's like, oh my god, oh my god. We were like running around like we have this hit. It's, it's going to be amazing. Uh, Jamie ends up booking another gig. I end up booking some other thing and nothing – we push pause on the whole thing. What did you book? Anything I know? Uh, I'm trying to remember now. I know that he was doing some movie, and I was doing. I don't. Know, it was probably like a. Oh, it was a cartoon show called yeah. Carl Squared. You wouldn't okay. know. You wouldn't know it, but it's a popular kids show. Yeah. But uh, it, it, whatever. We just got busy again, and then uh, I really wanted to get back into music. Oh, I was in Toronto. I had to go back to Toronto to shoot something. I did this Christopher Walken movie, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> That's a whole other story. What's was Christopher Walken movie. Yeah, it's called Vendetta. It's not a very good one. Yeah. He's, it is. <laughs> I'm in a lot of not very good movies with a lot of really cool actors. <laughs> <laughs> so we end up coming back to L.A., and uh, I'm like, Jamie, I want to start a record label Let's – you know, you he had this house in Vegas. Jamie had this huge house in Vegas that well, he wasn't living in. No one was there. I'm like, I'll build a studio in there. I'll fly people out. We'll record. Let, let's do it. So he's like, yeah. And he's always down – Jamie's always down for cool ideas. If you have something really cool, that's the guy you call because he's the guy who will wag his tail, get excited about it, and get behind something cool. Yeah. And not, it's not just two guys smoking a joint being like, you know what we should do, man? We should invent a cereal. Like, Jamie will actually – the next day be like, Okay So I called three cereal places and here's what we're gonna you know, he's that guy. So he gave me some money. I went to his house in Vegas with my buddies Jamie and Eli. And we started recording music with these girls, and we started doing music, and MySpace was very popular at that point. And just on a whim, I just uploaded the Rollin' with Bob Saget song onto MySpace. And it it blew blew up. Fuck up. It went to number one, and it was like the biggest thing, and all of a sudden, everything was crazy. Then MTV wrote this article about the song. So Jamie and I were like, let's hit up MTV. So we hit up MTV and we met with them and we were like, yeah, we're really trying to do this. You know, we want to do this show. It's about us. We're trying to make it as rappers. No one will take us seriously, but we really do want to get a deal. And here's the Bob Saget song. And what do you think? And they were like, yeah. And we didn't hear from them. So then we on the strength of that article, we started meeting with record labels. This is awesome. Virgin Records. It comes down to us and 30 seconds to Mars. Who are they gonna sign? <laughs> are you shitting me? This is me? Grammy weekend. We're up in the Four Seasons. They rented the whole top floor there. Me and Jamie go and meet with all of them. We do a little rap. We do a little talk. Then Thirty Seconds to Mars goes in, and they have to decide, that, like, if they're gonna do one act with like an actor at the front as the front man. Who's it gonna be? Shut so they, the <laughs> so fuck they, off. so they go with Thirty Seconds to Mars, which is a great choice. God bless Virgin for making that wise decision. Who turns out to be Jared Leto? Big huge hit songs. Yeah. Big touring act. They made the right choice. We end up going to Warner Brothers. They they won't sign us, but they'll be like, "Well, we'll maybe we'll do a ringtone. Can you guys come up with a ringtone?" And we're like, "Ringtone." And they're like, we're like, "Sure." So we come back and we came up with the circle, circle, dot, dot. I got my cootie shot song, <laughs> and they were like, "Put it out." Well, yeah, we'll do a ringtone thing with you. Yeah. Out of nowhere, MTV calls us back and is like, "We want a pilot. Let's do the pilot." And we're like, "Oh, sick. Okay, cool." Now Jamie's team's kind of like getting into it. And they're like, "Oh well, this might be something now." So for the pilot, we just like did the Bob Saget episode, like where we call Bob, and Bob comes oh, to the studio. So you already
0: got it written, and you already know it's successful. Well, just 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 for that pilot. For that pilot, though, you know you've got fucking one in the... You got a bird in the we hand. We got
1: a bird in the hand. The bird in the hand is like at the end of that episode we'll have the Rolling with Saget song. Yes, I saw that. Right. So so the rest of the episode though, like we met with Joe Simpson, Ashley and Jessica's dad. We met with other labels. That was all real. Yeah. Like we really still were trying to get a deal at that time. So we used the fact that we were shooting the pilot as a way to get us meetings with record labels. We were so, like... So those were... Because one of the things I, I am fuzzy on is I
0: remember it feeling like a reality show in places yeah, and places that felt
1: scripted. Right. That's and, exactly what it was. And he like, right. I was
0: trying to explain it to Joe and I was like, no, there, I, it, it's like, it's like they're very real interactions.
1: It was very real. Like there was no script. We, but we did, like, you know, we are entertainers, and we know, and you know, if you're in a place and the red light's on, like, you know to be Bert you know? Yeah. You know what to do. Yeah. So it's, like, very similar. And, like, Jamie's on a hidden camera show for all those years. Like, it's not like he doesn't know how to fuck with people. Yeah. And he knows how to emote, get the reactions that he wants. And, you know, the more that I was working with him, the more I learned those same kind of tricks. So the two of us together, we would, like, go in and tag team anybody and get what we wanted out of them. Like, we would know... Hey, we're going to go meet with Method Man. Let's confuse the shit out of him. So like, yeah. and we go in there and we just are like riffing with each other. But we're really trying to get Method Man to come and be a part of the, our, yeah. our, our squad. But he wasn't having it. But uh, we, we, we were really going for a deal. This is, that's all real. So we end up getting the series picked up. And now we have to come up with like – we were like, what's the series? So I think like every week we'll try some other kind of stunts to try to get a record deal. And maybe we'll get a deal. We really didn't have a deal, so we went to Houston, Texas, and we got grills. In one episode, we went and did a local mattress commercial somewhere else, like just to get on TV to have our song exposed. I
0: saw the grills one; it <laughs> was crazy, right? I, you know what's so funny is the the show the, the show had a, and we're building to my favorite thing I've ever seen on TV, which, by the way, I didn't realize was as controversial as it is. Yeah, but I but. There was one of – and I tried to explain this to Joe. There was a moment of of like – there was a part of the show that was you guys hyping each other up. This is a great idea. Yeah. And then what it and, – and this is something I love in comedy. There was always a thing where you guys were in over your head. Right. Where it was like, fuck, man. But like,
1: that's what made the show – that's yeah. what gave the show kind of balls because when you see us on stage at the, in Long Beach, we really were doing that. Yeah. And that was real. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. So and when you saw us – doing any of the stupid shit that we were doing like that was all real life so what was your favorite shit. episodes that, that you guys shot well that one was pretty awesome the one that you love so you want should we talk about yeah, it? yeah let's just get into that because i, I kind of got, i gotta i gotta fast forward a little bit okay but here's the deal so we had already met three six mafia a few times and we were boys with them like yeah. we made friends with them they were just starting to try to break into hollywood themselves they were nominated for an oscar at the time but no one knew who Three Six Mafia was. But they had a big hit song on the radio. Ha, uh, 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 you know that song? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, of course. So they were starting to get some buzz in LA, and we met up with them and chilled. And they were super cool. Juicy J and DJ Paul and Crunchy. Now it's just Juicy J and DJ Paul. Yeah, he Crunchy passed. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, I think I don't know if you... I thought someone died someone from died, but it wasn't him. Okay, but uh, Paul is still. If I we're boys, if I yeah. see him, it's love. It's not like a Jillian Barbary situation when I yeah. see DJ Paul. And same with Juicy J. Like, I, st- even to this day, I went to a Wiz Khalifa show a few, maybe a couple years ago, and I go backstage, and there's Juicy J, and it's, like, all love. It's like I saw him yesterday. Oh, like, the fact yeah. that they went through that with us, I have a bond with them for life. Yeah. Because of they think how ballsy I fucking am for doing what we did. They They love us now. You know what I mean? So, anyway, we're trying to go through different stunts that we can do, and someone brings up the whole, like... Um, changing, you know, doing the whole makeup thing. And I was not interested in doing that whatsoever. I thought it was the dumbest idea. And I had another idea I was trying to pitch where like in WWE, John Cena is like trying to be a rapper. Why don't we go challenge John Cena in the middle of Monday Night Raw and Jamie gets hit with a chair, you know, like some kind of, and I was pushing for that. And Jamie was pushing for to do the the makeup. Yeah. And uh,
0: ultimately... We stay away from the away from the b the b word
1: well but i I mean because
0: because that's not what it was that's not what it was it was not what it was and it's not and 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 that's what bothered me so much because this episode is so much more tiered and leveled in
1: comedy it's almost once it was like agreed upon that that's the the route that we were going to go there were we were very 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 specific on how we want to tell the story.
0: Because Jamie is auditioning. Jamie
1: had an audition for a Tracy Morgan movie where it was like a white chick's movie. Yes. And except it was a white guy turning into a black guy to try to infiltrate a black fraternity or something like that yes but it was literally like a white chick spoof movie with tracy morgan so jamie had to go for this makeup test and 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 do the the thing and that's i remember all.
0: you walked into the you walked into the makeup room and he's dressed as a black guy well
1: no 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 that's uh, uh tracy's buddy that's not oh that's it that's, it, that's it yeah tracy's yeah, yeah. buddy bradley Walks in and they're like talking to Jamie and there's a hilarious interaction where, you know, it's just totally cool. Yeah. And it's like Jamie's in full makeup and Tracy and him are just talking and riffing and Tracy's a genius. Yes. And it's so funny. And Tracy's like, what do you want to do? You want to be a rapper? And Jamie, and Jamie's like, yeah. He's like, well, you got to get shot. And Jamie's like, I don't want to get shot. He's like, you got to get a chick pregnant. Jamie's like pregnant. He's like, you got to get a grill. Like he was yeah. telling Jamie what to do. He's like, you know what you should do? You should go out in that makeup. And see, you know, and Jamie's like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah.
0: See if you <laughs> so, freestyle legit. So.
1: Because so, the premise is they're ju- every time you go as a white, boy, white guy, they're judging you. Right. The whole thing is this. The lesson learned at the end of the episode was supposed to be, and which it was, and that's why it makes it so brilliant to me, is that like in hip hop, you cannot front. You have to be yourself. Yeah. White guys should not try to be black guys. Just be yourself, and you will be respected. Yeah. So when we went out there and faked it, oh, no, we were on, shit on. Hold on.
0: So Tracy then convinces okay, so you Jamie, to
1: get No, no. To- no Jamie convinces <laughs> J- – J- Tr- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, So anyway, it's, we're talking about like the nutty professor type makeup guys yeah. come in and, and clump us up.
0: <laughs> uh, yes. And Jamie
1: and I – and I literally have like the Larry the Cable Guy teeth. T- t- <laughs> And like I like like Jamie got all the good makeup and I'm like wearing all like the leftovers, you know? Uh, I got it at Ross. Uh, like my stuff is like uh, not the main makeup stuff. Like he got all the good shit and then I got all the second pick. Yeah. So I have this huge afro and everything. <laughs> I'm telling you. When we first when we first, when we first saw ourselves <laughs> It was literally... I I forgot how great this was. They kept us away from each other at first because they wanted to get our reaction to each other real. And the first thing that came out of my mouth when I saw Jamie was, dude, you look like Daryl Strawberry. And he did. He looked like Daryl Strawberry, like a retired Daryl Strawberry wearing like an old man kind of hat. He literally looked like for real. Like it did not look like he was wearing makeup whatsoever. (laughs) So... We, we did a scene where we, like, test it out. Like, I, I don't want to go. And that was the other thing. In order to do this episode, I said, Jamie, I'm going to be truthful on camera that I don't think this is a good idea. I want to make sure that when this comes out, that it will be heard that Stu did not think this was a good idea. And Stu constantly is trying to pull out of this and question whether we should be doing this. So he wants to test it out. Before we go to, to – okay, so the idea was for us to go and rap in front of a 3-6 Mafia concert in Long Beach. Yeah. Which is a horrible idea <laughs>
0: But nobody Hold on You guys go and Don't you see Jason Yeah, yeah so that's
1: the thing So in order to test it out Like we set up Bigs And had Bigs like At this coffee shop And like we walk into This coffee shop And Jason and uh, Does he know you guys Are dressed like He had be, no clue In I real mean, I'm life I'm sure I'm sure once it was all Happening he figured out What was going on But even he couldn't In his wildest dreams <laughs> Imagine that that's What was going on You know what I mean it's yes. like I'm sure he figured it out, oh. but like he, you know, we walk into the coffee shop and Jamie's like, "Hey, that looked like that American Pie dude," <laughs> like you know what I mean. And he started fucking oh. with him, and Biggs leaves, and so Jamie's like, "So our whole thing is like it's gonna be fine." Like Biggs didn't know, yeah. so no oh one's my gonna know.
0: God, so wait, so this leads to the greatest, and I'm being <laughs> dead serious. And if and if you if you're if you're easily offended, just don't watch. But it's the funniest thing in the world is you guys driving to Long Beach. Yeah, so we're
1: driving to Long Beach, and we're like, now it's starting to get, like, even more real. You know? please, <laughs> in real life. Yeah. In real life. Oh, yeah. In real life, you know First you're going to go rap. we're driving in a Hummer. Yeah. In the full makeup, Jamie and I... On the real 405, people are, like, staring <laughs> in, like, what people. is going on? Like, we have to pull over for gas. Like, we get out and go to the gas station. Like, everything was – we were – first of all, before we even got in the car to go, I went into the – there was a recording studio where we were mixing our album at the same time. Yeah. And no one knew what we were doing. It. I went and broke in through the guy's window in, in the makeup, and yeah. I, I scared the shit out of every – like, no one knew oh. who, that it was us. So I started to feel a little bit more at ease. So as we're driving over to the show, I'm like, so you know what song we're going to do, right? And he's like, no. And I'm like... What do you mean And so we start playing the song And like Jamie doesn't know The words to any of it And he's literally Just making up sounds He's like You know (laughs) He's like going like Blow blow Bubble gum and bullshit Like I don't He's not saying real words Yeah And I'm like dude We can't go Like turn the car around We're not going (laughs) It's a bad idea (laughs) This is not a good idea He's like it's fine It's gonna be fine It's Long Beach Yeah it's Long Beach People are nice there Yeah and you go Is it Snoop from Long Beach Yeah Yeah. That's my Oh So obviously <laughs> so, so, so we get to the uh we get to the Long Beach place, uh to the to oh. the to the venue and like they have us like you know sequestered and like three six mafia shows up and they're in their dressing room and the cam they're like, Okay, guys, go say hi to three six mafia <laughs> <And> <laughs> they had like, no idea what's about No to- idea. And we're like, Oh god, this oh. is awful. Oh. Uh I was so nervous like you know I was no I had no clue what was going to happen oh. so Jamie's like you know we walk up to the door we knock on the door they open the door if we go in they have no idea that it's us and Jamie starts kind of rapping and he's like their reaction is the best thing that that's even better than the drive to Long Beach yeah. their reaction to uh to when they found out that it was us is like the greatest thing ever oh and then they start kind of giving us advice like here's how if you're going to do it do it right yeah. Like, they're like, okay, you guys are fucking crazy. Oh, fuck. If you guys are going to oh. go, we, we're we going to co-sign. We'll let you guys go on ahead of us and do this. But you guys got to do it right. So, like, they start giving Jamie some tips. And there's this great moment that's captured. I don't know if it ever made it to air. But uh, we and Jamie leave the room and it's just the 3-6 alone. And they st- they're like... It's like they were holding it in the whole time, and they uh, they start going, they start laughing. They're like, "Oh, those are the craziest motherfuckers (laughs) out They're gonna get killed out there!" Like, God. (laughs) So we went out and rapped in in front of an all-black audience. I mean, predominantly, it was definitely like a Long Beach crowd for a yeah. rap show. I'll say yeah. that. I mean, I, I couldn't really – at that point, you're not really looking at people who's in the audience. You're just trying to like get through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we went out there and we did the song and Jamie's like making up words. like It's like a disastrous but uh-huh. fun at the same time. Uh, and we go out there and we just do it and people boo. They boo us and they boo us off the stage. And 3-6 sees us getting booed. And, like, it was just, like, Jamie was so legitimately confused why we would get booed. Really? We got booed off the stage. So we go off the stage. We take off the makeup. Then 3-6 performs our show. And then after 3-6, we come back on stage without makeup and rap again. And the crowd goes wild. Yeah. And we're, like and, – and and then at the end of the day, we learn a lesson. Like, you know, be yourself. People will like you. Yeah. But, uh, I mean – it was one of the craziest experiences of my life. It's one of the most insane pieces so of with television. The, and, and the wildest thing is, so, so it aired on TV, and then, like, the next day, like, the MTV guy, uh, you know, the president, like, calls out, like, tell me we didn't just air that on our channel. <laughs> <laughs> and the show got completely – that episode got pulled.
0: I had that on my TV. I had that on my TiVo.
1: It's as if it, an episode never happened. They release a DVD of the first season. That that, that episode's not on it. I, and ironically, all of the uproar – and then a year later, Robert Downey Jr. does uh, Tropic Thunder and gets nominated for an Oscar. And, like, his was, like, not the same as what we did.
0: No, yours was you two being yourselves to each other. Right. And going, this is a horrible idea. He was literally doing... <clears throat> he d- literally played a black guy. Yeah. He did... He did... Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. There's, he did blackface. Yeah.
1: He, uh, d- he did that. Yeah. And he got nominated for an Oscar two years later. And we were like, what the fuck? Like... How did that happen? Like yeah. we got like lambasted. And so did
0: they do did they when that after that aired was it like immediate PC police coming down
1: on you guys? Pretty much. Like the show got moved time slots without like we kind of got it kind of fucked our shit up after that. Dude, if they had just Im- it was one of the funniest things. But
0: I I, it, wasn't it, like, it wasn't like it wasn't like
1: African American people were complaining about it. It yeah. wasn't there, it didn't get like this outrage of People liked it and thought it was really funny Yeah It was like a white guy at MTV that was offended by it Yeah You know and, and, and then it became kind of the norm There was like another series that came out on FX Like a couple of years after that Where like a literally a family of black people became white And a family of white people became black I don't yeah. know if you remember that show know. It was like yeah. Ice Cube produced it And then you know you've seen stuff since then Dude I Because I, I, I've,
0: I've looked for that cut I've looked for that clip f- For 15
1: years I still like well I have it I have to see it. Yeah, I, 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 I have to see it. I'm gonna get you a copy, but you can't. Like, I'm not like
0: gonna post it anywhere. Yeah, I want
1: it for me. I'll get you. I a want copy. it just
0: like the guys want the pink cocaine. Not only
1: that, I also have. I also have footage of that wasn't on TV that I would love to show you. I'm
0: gonna hound you. I yeah. have to see it. I'll get it I, to only you. because I have I'm, it all. I used to. I used to watch it. I used to watch it to cheer me up. And it would make me laugh so hard when, <laughs> when you guys were in the car, I would howl fucking laughing at the two of you going. This is a bad idea. Yeah, it, and it, just, it was. It was
1: so <laughs> real. It was so fucking real. Yeah, and and I think that's the part that like I think the show was like definitely ahead of its time. I mean, you see shows like *Curb Your Enthusiasm* that are completely scripted, but have that kind of reality yeah. way that it's shot. But we were kind of doing it before that, and. Now you see shows all the time that are like that. We were just, like, ahead of our time on, like, the style of the show. Uh, you know, people... Reality TV was still very new and fresh. And this was, like, teetered on, like, is it real, is it not real? It was, it was really like, hard. Like, first of f- all, all reality TV is fake. <laughs> yeah. I'm a producer of reality shows. I've, I've produced shows since then. Yeah. And I can tell you firsthand, it's all bullshit. Yeah. Our show was more real than any fucking reality show. Say whatever you want. Oh, my God. But, uh... You know, it was really, really one of the greatest experiences of my life. As a fan of hip-hop, I got to meet every rapper ever. I, we, I got to pal around, like, as equals. We went to DJ Premier's studio. We met RZA. We met Russell Simmons. We met everybody. And Jay-Z, like I said, like, literally, we were – we went to Houston, Texas to, like – the most gangster places ever, where we were the only people <laughs> that looked like us yeah. for like a twenty mile radius, and we were loved. We did we did a tour of like the dub car show, and we it was a it was we did we went on a U.S.O. tour and rapped. Like there were fans of the show that God, w- it yeah. ended up turning into a thing, but we were supposed to tour. And after this whole MTV debacle took place, oh, well, actually, we ended up getting a record deal with Warner Brothers. Shit. And that the fuck happened. Up. So we finished shooting the series, and then a week later, Warner Brothers gave us a record. We had to go reshoot the ending of season one, because at the end of season one in the original series, we didn't get a deal. But oh, then we yeah. really did get a deal, so we went and reshot that. Uh, but uh, we were on the forefront of a lot of things in music that, you know. We were just ahead of our time. Like, ringtones, we were doing these original ringback tones with E40. You know E40? Of course. And we were like, that's a stupid question, but we were no, like... No, 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 no. An Ice-T and Ice-P. We would do these ringtones like, hey, this E40, like, Bert can't come to the phone, but I'm here for it. Like, we did all these forward-thinking things with ringtones. In our music video, we had, like, the Lego animation for our, one of our videos, and we did a Wham, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, Shot for Shot Recreation for another video, we were very ahead of, ahead of our thing, and it turned into, like, a nice run, but it never really – it's now reached kind of, like, cultish status. People are rediscovering it, which oh, yeah. is very similar to Donnie Darko, like I said. It's, like, kind of, like, that's just par for the course for, like, my life. Like, yeah. we do these really cool well, things, did, and it did, takes people a while to kind of catch up to it. You were doing
0: podcasting, internet podcasting in 2007? Yeah,
1: uh, 2006.
0: 2006.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I've been doing a podcast for 11 years, which is stupid, but I love it. You yeah. know, it's, like, addicting. Why would I stop? Dude, I'm – But
0: that's the, that's the front, by the way, that's the very front of the ship.
1: So when, when, when the MTV thing went away, I went completely web because like I said, I was in that headspace of like, I want to create my own destiny. I want to create my own opportunities. Yeah. No one was going to the web. You want
0: your own pirate ship.
1: Yeah, so I, I I completely left, like, the Hollywood model and started doing web, and that's when I did a podcast, and I was buddies with Sean Parker back then, and, and Facebook was just starting, and I was, like, first in there and just navigating around. We had a m- music video on YouTube that got, like, 11 million views when there was only, like, 13 million people on YouTube, really? you know, and now people are monetizing and making fortune. We were doing it before the word monetization even existed. Yeah. So it was, like, you know— now podcasting is a whole that's a whole other that's a whole other animal everybody's got a podcast now but
0: sometimes it's the it and but if you didn't start at the right time sometimes now it's too late if you want a
1: podcast fuck you like
0: yeah you you needed to start a few four years ago at least
1: and like famous people are doing with like real followings do podcasts so it's like it's. It's. It, I'll tune know? into.
0: I'll. Tu- I'll give you an
1: episode if you're I, famous. Not even, not even. Yeah. I'll give
0: you an episode. Right. But man, you better know what the fucking medium is.
1: But it's like it's like stand up comedy. I mean, you know this. If you go and see like a, a celebrity come and do stand up, the first twenty minutes of their set is like they're getting laughs a uh, uh, garbage because it's like a famous person saying it. It's like, what Fuck. are they going to do with the twenty first minute of their set? That's when you know whether it's like going to be a Tim Allen show or whether it's going to be.
0: <laughs> yeah. Someone good. I, yeah, there's I, there's a few celebrities doing podcasts right now that I'm like that I I, I tuned in and I was like like one I'll say one because she'll never do mine and I'll never do hers. Kitty Kirk I she was like I was like yeah she has a podcast but she does it over the fucking phone. I'm oh, like wrong. Annoying. Yeah, you can't. That's do not that. how we do this. No. I, that's okay if you find fucking jo- uh, Joseph McAfee and he's on the run in fucking uh, Belize. That's fine.
1: But, or if it's like Leonardo DiCaprio, you yeah, could do, you but, could do a phoner with Leo. Look,
0: yeah, I, I'll <laughs> do a phoner. I'll do a phoner. I did a phoner with guy Sean Evans the day his show got lifted because I was like, I want to, I wanted to help him. But m- for the most part, you, I want, I want to hang. I want to be in the room, with right? You. And then uh, there's well, no Rogan's
1: podcast is huge. He's become a whole. That's a whole other thing for him now. Like UFC is a whole. It is a separate thing. There's people that listen to his podcast that don't even watch UFC. There's, I mean, there's the, his podcast is. Uh, has changed the
0: the scope of stand up and the and the conversations we have with audiences from stage
1: on podcasts. Well, I think he's always had this reputation of like a tell like it is kind of guy. Very much and, so, uh, and I think that's what why he works so well as a podcast host because he's he doesn't have a filter. And he'll tell you – he'll talk about the most controversial shit and not be like me, like chicken shit to say certain words. I'm chicken shit to say things. He'll say whatever he wants. And that's what makes him a great podcast host and a great stand-up
0: comedian. Well, the difference is he also sits and thinks about things. Yeah. So, like, say, for instance – for instance, uh, like, I don't know, like like gay rights. Rogan doesn't – come at that from with un, un, an uninformed opinion opinion he sits and gets high one night and just thinks it and, and he it doesn't apart. get
1: high on like regular people's stuff he's like on some other planet of like opening up a third the 36 chamber in his brain he's
0: yeah when i first met him he was like yeah hey, you gotta
1: come over one time and DMT. take a bunch of edibles and get <laughs> yeah. my d- deprivation tank and i was like that will never happen yeah he's like he's like uh He's on another level of ge- of genius, but he's he, uh, like he's a great example of somebody that this medium of podcasting is perfect for.
0: So, where are you flying to tonight? I'm going to Vegas. Uh, do, you have, do you have to get out of here? I kind of do. Okay. Um, well, I, let's, I let's wanted
1: r- to just plug a few things. because well, I've got now Please. that I've got your listeners' ears. Yes. But I would like to do this again sometime. I would love for you to. We haven't even scratched the surface of like making I each other hear laugh. I want to
0: hear the fucking. I want to hear
1: the fucking the heart. Not Harvey Keitel. Uh, Christopher, Christopher Walken, Walken story. story. All right. Um. So I'm I'm now I got a drink. I got to Say what? Do you drink? A little bit. Okay. You? Yeah. Yeah. I'll okay. drink. I mean, I'm 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 like a weed guy.
0: I'm more of a weed guy okay. but I drink. Yeah, well we'll fucking we'll I'll do have a drink we'll with do you. a night one where we have a
1: fucking few tie some on. That would be fun. Yeah. Um but I started I got a deal. My brother-in-law Adam Rodness and I started a company called Five Seven Films because we're five foot seven, and this is another one of those like, this is another one of those like create your own opportunities. And we, I went back to Toronto and we got a deal with a great company called Breakthrough Entertainment that produces all these horror movies. It, we're starting to do these stoner horror movies. That we write, I direct, he's producing, and we've already shot our first one came out. We did we won Best Horror Feature at the Toronto Independent Film Festival. We won Best Director at all we're winning all these festivals. It's like a really funny horror movie. And uh it's it's gonna be coming out in the States in a couple like it's on it's out in Canada now. What's the name of it? It's called The Haunted House on Kirby Road. And it's about these kids that Wait, like Wait.
0: How do I know this? Does it did I must have I must have saw it in your you bio. You probably saw it
1: on my bio, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and from that movie, I got greenlit to do a second movie. So we wrote, and now I'm doing a second movie. And now they were, they're loving us so much, they like gave us a, a – I did a documentary on baseball cards also. Really? So that's in post-production right now. And I'm flying to Vegas tonight right now to go shoot a pickup shot for this baseball card documentary, which is like almost done being edited. Are you a big baseball card fan, obviously? I, when I grew up, my father owned baseball card stores. Oh, really? So – and then, and it's a whole other story. Like I had, I had a, my father and I have. We he kind of disappeared for like twenty years, and so this, uh, and so right right around when he kind of disappeared, that's when baseball cards kind of disappeared from my mind. So I went and revisited. This is we'll have to do this another time. I really can't get into give the story justice, but basically it's like a Michael Moore movie, but with Stu Stone. Investigating baseball cards and like what happened? Why aren't they worth anything? Holy and I shit. go and I interview Upper Deck employees and I interview uh, former Tops people. You know all the different players and Jose Canseco. Oh, and- I got to
0: give you my baseball card now.
1: You have a baseball card?
0: Yeah, uh, a Gint- G- Al- Alan Ginter. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's they a- did a they did a baseball card with me.
1: That's so cool. Yeah, I just I just uh, <clears throat> I start- met with those guys uh, for this movie. They, they it's Tops is the company. Yeah, that does I'll give those.
0: you. I'll give you. I'll give you one. I just. I just started the other day. I was, they gave me a bunch, like a stack, but then I've, my wife started selling them for like five bucks. I go, "The fuck are you doing?" Yeah, you I was can't like, These, sell those. "Yeah, don't no, hold on to me." She's like, yeah. "What?" Or twenty bucks, and I was like, "Don't fucking do that. Stop selling them." And then I went online and I was like, and they were selling for like fucking twenty eight bucks or whatever. So anyone I could find that was cheap, I bought them all. I was like, "I fucking want all my cards." That's amazing. It's fuck yeah! I'll give you one. I
1: want one for sure. And so it's funny because there is this kid that I met who's like a Rain Man type of guy who's in Vegas, that has the world's biggest collection of baseball cards. And I went and interviewed him. This is, like, last March. I went and interviewed him. And his house is, like, literally floor-to-ceiling baseball cards. Like, it's, like, an episode of Hoarders, like, with baseball cards. Like, you can't even, like, walk through the house. There's just cards everywhere. And this guy knows where every single card is. He has, like – he's, like, who's your favorite player? You're, like, Will Clark. He's, like, Will Clark. Played for the San Francisco Giants, 1987. 1987 Fleer card, 421. Right over here. Like, he knows everything. Wow. So he's just, like, this crazy kid. And uh, I love him. And I went and met with him and I interviewed him and he had such a great story. And I was like, well, what's your dream? Like, what's your what is it that you want out of all this? And he's like, I want my own baseball card. So the guy that designed the Ken Griffey Jr. Rookie card this is a major spoiler for the movie. The guy that that uh, designed the Ken Griffey Jr. Rookie card, I got him to design a card for this kid. So now I'm flying to Vegas tonight to go surprise the kid and knock on his door. He doesn't know I'm coming. and I'm going to be like, here's your card. And hopefully it's going to be a great, you know, ending kind of scene for my movie. But uh, it's a really, really uh, – I'm did excited you, did to you
0: you it. I got to ask, did you ever uh, – do you have a relationship with your dad now? Well,
1: that's what the movie
0: – the movie is. Then don't tell me. Then yeah. don't tell me.
1: Yeah, the whole movie, like, takes that wild turn. Like, at first I'm investigating baseball cards, and then I slowly realize there's only one guy that I can really go to. I got to find – there's a guy oh that God, to. Oh, my God. This sounds like a fucking amazing yeah. movie. So it's really, like, a chance for me to – you know, I've been not – in front of the camera a lot for the last couple of years I've done like, you know, I still get calls all the time to do cartoons or a friend of mine did a movie. I, you know, I'm still showing up in movies here and there, but I'm not pursuing it. And I'm trying to create my own opportunities again. And I think this is like my way to, uh, to show people, you know, who I am and do it with like, a cool B story of baseball cards. Damn it, man! Did you collect I, cards as a kid? Yeah, of course. I got, I got. I'm, fu- I'm 44, so like,
0: I'm, we're, we're not that far. Yeah, so like, I'm fucking. I have, a, I still have tons of baseball cards at home.
1: Well, I'll tell you if they're worth anything. I, I'd
0: love gonna, to see your collection. i now that I, now I realize my parents moved, and I, I'm praying to God my mom kept my baseball. There's no way because my dad had baseball cards, and my grandmother threw them all away. That's the and whole, He had fucking yeah. tons.
1: So, like, in a nutshell, like the whole baseball card industry was like. Back then, during the era that you collected, yeah. was like a scam. Really? Yeah, it was like... And, and it's all uncovered. Oh,
0: I can't wait to fucking see this documentary. Yeah, yeah it's going to be cool. Holy shit. Okay, so we're going to do another one of these. Yeah. Um, when's, you, when Do you have any timeline on when this documentary is coming out? Uh,
1: it, it, it's supposed to air uh, during the playoffs next year, but I'll have a cut well before then. And I'm I'll, dying I'll to see that. With it.
0: Dude, I have... You have to get me a cut
1: of I the will. fucking... The blowing up show, I'll get you also.
0: Dude, because... Uh, and I swear to God, I swear to God, here's the promise I will make you. Okay. I will never ever uh put it anywhere. I okay. will sit in this man cave and I'll watch it in here. Okay. But when I have people that are cool they like Rogan sure. Or like anyone yeah. in here, I'm gonna play it for them sure. so they can have the
1: fucking greatest life. I want of their people life. to see it, but I just I can't have people yeah. I can't have it out there because it's just like there's – it's it's complicated. Dude, you can't find it anywhere. No, it doesn't you exist. You can't
0: find it. You can't even I might find be it. the
1: only one that has it outside of MTV. You can't even find a picture
0: of it no, online. You can't. It is – and I'm so lucky that I saw it. Because I'm telling you, I must have given, I must have fucking probably 15 times. Whenever someone came to our apartment at the time, I would go, "You going to see the funniest thing you've ever seen?" And they'd always go something to the effect of, "Oh, I'm not a fan of Jamie Kennedy's." I was like, "No, no, 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 right? Watch this." And we watched the whole episode and howl fucking laughing. I'll
1: get you the, I'll get you, for, I'll get, I can get you the whole season.
0: Yeah, I, yeah.
1: And then I'll get you that episode which is not part of the season. I have to, get, and I'll I have hook to. you up with some stuff. So we'll be in touch. I'm happy that you. uh Talked about this on the, the Rogan show. Dude, I'm so and, happy, and I think that, Rogan would be happy because that's how the universe works. That's how, and dude, now here
0: we are. Rogan will hear this episode and go, "Shut the fuck! What an interesting guy! That's crazy!" Like, like it's because of his show that this even happens, dude. That's what's a beautiful thing about this community that we're in. That we're yeah. guys like me and you kind of decide to go. I want to make my own stuff. I want to have my own thumbprint. Right. I want people to like the shit I make. Right. I, I don't want. I, I'll still do but, stuff, but yeah. but that's the cool thing is you go to on Rogan's and I just literally flippantly say it on there and then i get a fucking tweet from you and then i go let's podcast you're like Fuck! I gotta leave th- Tuesday, and I was like, "Let's make it happen." And then we're here we are, yeah, and now so one night we're gonna get high and drunk in here. we will fucking.
1: I would love that bullshit. I'll be back out here. Uh, I'll be back out here in like a month, and I'll be here for at least a month. So we'll hopefully we'll, it'll work out.
0: Yeah, but I gotta. I tell you what, I gotta get. I, I want to run into Jamie Kennedy at the fucking store now. I'll try to bring him here. T- tell Jamie I would love
1: to. Have I him. try. He's in. He's in Alabama right now shooting a movie with John Voigt. <laughs> wow. But I, uh, I hit him up and I said uh, I sent him the Rogan thing too. Oh. He's like, why you send? Sh- why you want to send me stuff of people shitting on me? I'm like, no, no, no. No one no, shit no. on him, of course, cause like he, but he, that's what he thinks.
0: Oh. Because no. like he
1: thinks that's what I'm, I'm sending. Him. I'm like, no, no, no. Dude,
0: I, I've had that guy's back. I I saw him at the Ontario Improv. I want to say you were with him. I'm not even fucking around. Probably was. I walked in the green room and I said, I got to tell you right now, Blown Up was my favorite show, and the fucking. When you guys were as black guys is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life, and he—he he, he was the first one that told me you won't be able to find it anywhere. or yeah. M- A- er, MTV killed it. They killed it, and it's—and I was like, dude,
1: I have like the uncensored one too. That like with like the language and everything, you're gonna love it. Oh, so I'll get it. I'll get it to you. All right, let's get I you. to do, I flight. do have to go, but thanks for having me, man. It was really uh, good
0: meeting you. What's your website? Anything? Nothing. Just Stu Stone. Stu Stone. Find Stone. me, dude, You're the fucking best. Thank you. Thank you.